summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their curses above. John, we of your word, let it come to them as a good news, a good news that will give them a life-changing opportunity to receive life, irrespective of their situation, let there be life in abundance. For those of them residing a place without a zip code or postal code, Lord, I know that you will locate their location even at this hour, at this very minute, for those that are life and those that will come life later on to, to listen after the broadcast is over. Let the same spirit that raised Jesus from death dwells in them and revitalize their mortal bodies and heal them of every challenges they are going through. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, Almighty God, 
sisters in Christ Jesus for taking this opportunity to be with us and uh, hear the good news, the gospel of our Lord. And I must tell you that I'm so impressed reading messages from our Muslim brothers who take our time to, uh, to hear the word of God and uh, it's so interesting the messages I receive from our Muslim brothers. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, you humbled me by your 
ability to know more about Jesus. Um, yes, he is not prophet Isa, but I understand when you call him that. Even when Jesus was on earth, some people mistook him to be a teacher of the world. Some people mistook him to be a prophet. So it's okay if you call him prophet. Um, prophet. So it's my responsibility to correct that impression that Jesus is not a prophet. He was not. He is God. Amen. Amen. And uh, that next time we preach, I'm, I'm going to speak on a very, very important topic that a lot of people will be wild at. Uh, let me give you a clue. Just for instance, this Muslim brother that sent me a message, you know, who mistook Jesus to be a prophet. Don't be surprised he, to see him in heaven. Definitely. Don't be surprised to see people of other religion in heaven. Wow, a lot of people will be wondering, why did I say that? Please be with me next time we'll preach because I'm going to tell you a lot of things that will wow you. No wonder Jesus asked us, do not judge. Judge not that you may not be judged. So why did he ask us not to judge? So which means it's not in my place to judge people of their belief. It's not in my place to question you of your religious affiliation, you know, my duty is to be a witness of Christ. Just the way I told us that Jesus is God. I'm bearing witness of it, so it's not my duty to, to, to impose my belief on you. But I, I will tell you gracefully the truth, the good news about Christ, and the duty of the Holy Spirit is to, to open your understanding so you can comprehend the fact of what I've just told you. So next time, next uh, time we'll be, be here, hopefully maybe Saturday or Sunday, I will let us know. For those of you who have not subscribed, please, it's very important for you to subscribe. So when uh, we schedule the meeting, you'll be the first to get the notification. Uh, if you're not privileged to be live, you can always uh, uh, play back the administration and uh, be part of it. And I'm not just subscribing, because I've seen a lot of subscriptions, glory be to God. But I want us to be evangelists. I want us to be partakers of the world. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and, you know, and hearing the word of God. So as you hear it, spread the gospel. That's how you can be a witness. Share the message. Invite, let's have a, a community. This is a platform. Let's have a community of believers. And uh, let's hear the word of God. And let us challenge ourselves. For those of you who feel there's something they want me to explain further, please shoot us a message. I'll be more than happy to do that. If you're on Instagram, shoot us a message. On Facebook, shoot us a message. Any platform you're watching us from, please shoot us a message. I'll be more than happy to um, respond to that. On YouTube, uh, because our message is for kids as well, so sometimes they don't allow comments for messages meant for kids. Amen. So I just want to bless God for every one of you and uh, thank the Holy Spirit for the inspiration he has given us to be together and uh, share this gospel together. Today we are preaching on a very important message and I pray to God to make it quite brief um, so you can receive the message. Amen. And don't receive the messenger, please. I am the messenger, but I just want you to receive the message. The message is very important. Don't look at the messenger. Amen. Because sometimes the man God uses, it, it amazes me when I see those that God uses. It amazes me. So discard 
anything about the messenger, you may not like but Listen to the message. And as you're listening um, to the messenger, please, I want you to compare the scriptures. Whatever I share with you, don't take me for it. Go and do your research and make sure I am telling you the truth. Make sure I'm speaking the undiluted word of God. And I want to thank those of you on Spotify, Anchor Podcast. I just want to thank you just for you to know you're not left out. And those of you watching on television, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So today we're preaching on, on this topic, good food. Good food produces good anointing. <laughs> I feel like laughing just saying that. Good food produces good anointing. You know, good food attracts a huge blessing. People don't know. Even Jesus demonstrated that, you know, before uh, his death. He demonstrated that when he rose up. The disciples doubted. He said, is there anything here? Just give me food. Let me, so you, you know, so good food. But I'm not going to um, lay the emphasis on what Jesus did. But I just want to give you um, kind of uh, uh, an idea of what I'm about to say and the teaching we are about to dive into. I will take you back to the Old Testament. And in conclusion, you have seen what, um, how Jesus demonstrated it. The importance of good food. When a man of God visits you, a lot of people don't know. When a man of God visits you on your invitation or not, but when a man of God visits you, it's very important for you to have a release of good entertainment. No matter how broke or poor you think you are, even if you what you have is the only food you have at home, make sure that that man of God is taken care of. Don't just be in a haste to bring your problems, to start, don't be excited to share your problems with him for prayers. No, something must activate the anointing. He's, he, listen, every man of God is a carrier of God's anointing. Every man of God is a carrier of God's blessing. So when he opens his mouth to speak, he needs energy, physical energy to make that release. And I'm going to give you two important scriptural references. It's important. God, even knowing the importance of this, demonstrated it in the scriptures. Important of having energy so you can deliver the right word. You can deliver the right message. You know, sometimes you can... A man of God can, because of situation, jet lag or being famished, can give the wrong message. You know, so when a man of God visits you, I just want you to take this. Prepare something, but do not go outside your wallet to please him. Prepare with what you have. If he is a man of God, he will bless you with it. Prepare with what you have or if what you can afford to please him or to please her. The man of God, serving with physical food, then he blesses you with spiritual food. Sometimes food can alter destinies. Food, a good food given to a man of God can change someone's captivity through his proclamation. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you to the scripture because I just want to make this quite brief because the essence of this, I just want to talk to somebody because I don't know 
that person whose blessing is being withheld because of some human errors you've been making. You find out a lot of people, when they are too close to men of God, they don't get blessing. It's those that are from afar, that are not even that close, that comes and get the blessing. Because some people are so used to the man of God. They, don't, they, they just see, because the man of God, listen, he's a human being. When you get too close to a man of God, you realize that he's human. He's subject to making human mistakes. And uh, there are things you may not like. Maybe if you witness him sleeping and realize, oh, he snores. You say, oh, oh, he snores. He's a human. He is a carrier of God's anointing. So whatever, don't let your closeness misjudge a man of God. I'm not speaking about pastors and apostles. I'm talking about a man of God. A man of God is someone that is of God and with God. That is a distinction of a man of God. So I'm not talking about pastors, okay? I'm not talking about apostles. I'm not talking about evangelists. I'm not talking about the titles or prophets. I'm talking about a man of God. A man of God is someone that is of God and with God. But a pastor could be a man of God. It's up to God to know that, to tell us who is who. But by the Spirit, we can have gift of discernment to know who is who, you know. So, but a pastor or a prophet or an apostle, someone that has a title, can operate under a gift, under a gift, you know. So, but I'm speaking about a man of God. I'm being very, very straight in this message. When a man of God, a man, you know, you've been with him in your community, you've been with him in the church, you've been with him in the ministry, you can attest to the fact that this is a servant of the Most High God. And he pays you a visit. You have to activate the anointing with something good. Remember the scripture says, when you honor a prophet, when you honor a servant of God, you will receive a prophet's reward. And when God says that, he's referring to his servant. Amen. Now, I'll take you to Genesis. Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27 from verse 1 to 29. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read from verse um, 1 to um, 7. I'm going to take it up to... No, I'm going to take it up to 4. From verse 1 to 4. Then I'll... Um, digest the story because I have another scriptural reference to make. Now, this is the story about Isaac. One good thing about Isaac, among the uh, patriarchs, the um, God of Isaac, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, among three of them, Isaac is the only one that never cheated on his wife. Isaac is the only one that never cheated on his wife. Even when the wife asked him to have another wife, when the wife had delayed um, in conceiving, she said, oh, how, you know, it's a tradition. After all, his father did. Abraham did, you know, and that's how uh, Ishmael came, right? Hagar was there and did unthinkable with Abraham, and uh, Ishmael came. And, but what Sarai forgot is that the promise of God is upon her, is with her. The promise is with Sarai, not with Hagar. God says, on this very moment, I will visit your household and your wife will conceive. Sometimes we try to have the Holy Spirit. The wife tried to have the Holy Spirit because the wife felt, oh, God said I'll visit and we'll have children. But what's going on? Maybe we can help God so we don't make God a liar. You can't. God is always on time. 
never too late. So, but Isaac is the only among them that never cheated. Never cheated. He's the most faithful, most faithful among them. But something happened. The wife, Rebecca, <clears throat> I love Rebecca so much, had two sons, Jacob and Esau. She had two sons, and uh, Esau happens to be the first. Jacob happens to be the second. What happened? Some people do think that suddenly um, the parents hated Esau from birth. No, they never did. They never hated Esau. But Esau did something wrong that attracted a curse upon him. But I will tell you the curse, the curse that he attracted and how Isaac wanted to use food, food to reverse the curse. That's why I told you good food brings good anointing because Esau was under a curse, under a curse. When you read, I'm not going to read that chapter, but I'm going to let you read it after. Remember that Esau married at the age of 40, 40 years. He got married, but he was a child of disobedience. He was a child of disobedience. And the first child of Isaac, he was meant to marry an Israelite. Esau was meant to marry an Israelite, but he disobeyed the law. He disobeyed the, the father and got married to the Hittites. He got married two wives to the Hittites. He married Judith and uh, um, Bersmet, or Bersmath, anyhow you pronounce it. You know, the, the daughters of uh, Biri and Elon. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about Elon Musk. Amen. Elon Musk wasn't born then. I'm talking about Elon Musk or whatever. He wasn't born then. I'm talking about Elon in the Bible. So Judith uh, is the daughter of Biri and, uh, and uh, Bersmath was the daughter of Elon. So the Hittites. So he got married. And the Bible says in Genesis 26, Genesis 26, Genesis chapter 26, when you read 34 to 35, that that disobedience brought grief and anger and tormented the parents. It brought grief, anger. Remember, he did this at 40 years old. He used full exuberance. He disobeyed and he married two wives at the same time. Can you imagine that? Hittite. So he disobeyed God. When God spoke through his the parents, told him what to do for him to retain the blessing, he disobeyed God and he went ahead and married outward beauty. Perhaps he saw something that got him enticed and he felt that he could disobey the parents and he got married. The Bible says this tormented the parents. Never forgive them. And that's one thing with mothers. You know, it's from the Bible days, it's so rare, it's so difficult for mothers to actually forgive. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. But something can make, make a man to forgive, especially a man of God to forgive. And the man wanted something that he will remember to activate the anointing. That's why we are going to read Genesis 27. But I want to I share this story with you for you to know that Esau was not born with a curse. He inherited a curse. When he disobeyed the parents and got married to a Hittite, he inherited a curse. And food would have done the miracle. Isaac loved the both children. Food would have done the miracle. Food would have produced it. Now see what happened. Now in, verse, in chapter 27 of Genesis, verse 1 says, 
Now it came to pass, when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim, that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son! And he answered him, Here I am. In verse 2 he says, Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field, and hunt game for me. And make me savory food, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Very simple. He says, go and get me food upon everything, upon all things Isaac could have asked. Isaac did not ask for monetary gift. Isaac asked for nothing. He says, go, prepare this food. Sometimes I tell people, go and prepare food, share it to the poor. Don't buy the food. Go and make that food. They don't understand the importance of that release. I say, prepare the food as if you're the one eating it. Don't prepare it as if just because you're making it to the poor or the beggars. Prepare it as if you're serving that food to your colleagues, your fellow wealthy guys, and take it to the poor. Don't buy it from fast food. Isaac could have asked Esau to go and buy food. Isaac could have asked the wife, Rebecca, to cook food. But no, he knew that Esau disobeyed and sinned against God, and he needed something to plead on his behalf. I say, Father, sometimes men of God uses your sacrifice to plead your case. In most cases, God have no choice than to honor their words. And that's exactly the trick. Isaac wanted to play. What Isaac wanted to do was to say, God, he has done the unthinkable. He went out of his way, left his wife and family, and did this. He deserved this blessing. But no, something happened. Something happened. Because of that curse, the glory has already left him. Nothing would have reversed it, even though Isaac wanted to reverse it. But the mother... Rebecca overheard the conversation between father and son, and he told Jacob, hey, your dad is about to die, and he wants to bless your brother. Look at what you have to do. Go prepare the food. Go do this and that. When you read verse 11, for the uh, uh, um, um, purpose of this, I want to read verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, look, Esau, my brother, is hairy man, and I'm a smooth-skinned man. Verse 12 said, Perhaps my father will fear me and shall seem, to, shall seem to be a deceiver to him and shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. I love what Rebecca said. When you are so desperate, he says, because Rebecca wanted Esau to pay for that disobedience, to pay for the sin he committed. Esau, uh, Rebecca said in verse 13, but his mother said to him, Let your curse be upon me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes all you need to do is just obey. Jacob would have obeyed, disobeyed, just like Esau did. Even though he pointed his fears in clear terms, which was very, very, and it is very believable. He pointed at the, those fears, but Rebecca said, just obey. Forget about the curse. 
He's my husband. He's the man of God. But I'm the one that wakes up with him. I know his heart. Go and get the food. And remember, Jacob did not. It wasn't Jacob that cooked the food. It was Rebecca that cooked the food. Perhaps Jacob was a very bad cook. Maybe. And understand the point that God is a very righteous judge. That name Jacob means a swindler. Despite his name, despite his identity, God still blessed him. One had thought, after receiving that blessing, Jacob's life would have changed. But the moment he got that blessing, that's when his problem actually started. I told you sometimes when the blessing comes, that's when you are exposed to a lot of dangers. You're exposed to a lot of things. So when a man of God comes to you and pray, and you expect the miracle to happen one, two, three, four, it doesn't happen that way. Every genuine blessing from God comes. It comes at the right time. Don't let the devil blackmail you with thoughts and say, oh, I thought you had prayed. But when devil gives you, devil gives you quick, quick. It comes quick, quick, and it goes with multiple of gifts from you, quicker than it came. But God takes his time, put everything in place so that when the blessing comes, the blessing stays. I can tell you, everybody in the scripture that God blessed, the blessing never came immediately. Jesus, the moment Jesus was anointed and declared the Son of God, people had thought, oh, he was going to carry revolution. Oh, he was going to redeem them from the Roman Empire. But the Bible said the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness for devil to tempt him. The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness, and that was when devil came. The moment the blessing was proclaimed upon Jesus, that's when devil came. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus had a restless moment. So the moment a man of God releases anointing upon your life, that's when devil comes. Devil wants to make sure that you deserve such blessing. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. So don't just say, oh, he has prayed for me. This is 30 days. Nothing has happened. And devil, if devil knows that you are timing the blessing, it will not come. It will tarry. When the prayer goes, just let it be. Because you are not the custodian of the anointing, it's up to the Holy Spirit to do it. Daniel prayed. It took a while to come, but it came. So the blessing always comes. But what happened finally? Isaac ate of the food. He ate of the food. When you read that words, he ate the food and he released blessings upon Jacob. He knew, he felt it. He said the voice is that of Esau, but the skin is that of Esau because the mom played a very good pranks and tricks on the old man. And he released the blessing and because he ate a good meal. You can see, this is scenario number one. Now I'm gonna take you to very important scenario number two. Amen. I'm going to take us to scenario number two and we'll wrap it up. Hallelujah. But I just want you to know, when a man of God visits you, please don't be in the head. Don't offer him alcohol. Hello? No alcohol to a man of God. If the man asks you, do you have 5% um, what is it called? 5% alcoholic content drink? Please run as fast as your heels can carry you. You know? Don't waste your money on such person. If he tells you, I don't eat chicken, I only eat turkey, yeah, just run, 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 run. Just whatever you have, prepare it. Prepare it deliciously and present it to him. 
Don't just bring it uh, uh, casually. You know, prepare it as if you're serving a king because he represents a higher authority and you receive the blessing. Now, this scenario number two is kind of a little bit confusing to me, you know, but I, I, I'm just going to read it for the sake of this uh, ministration. You know, it's going to be so challenging to a lot of people, but I'm going to read everything. Who am I talking about? First King, First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8. When you read from verse 8 to 24, it tells us about the Zarephath widow. Amen. I love this story. I love this story. When you read this story from verse 1, you will understand that brother Elijah, a great man of God, the man that troubled Israel, according to Ahab. Ahab said, the man that troubled Israel. No, he never troubled Israel. He troubled the kingdom of darkness. You know, so at some point he became so hungry. He became so famished. He became so hungry. A prophet of God, a man of God. He was so hungry. And God had already positioned someone to feed him. But the woman did not know that God had planted her as a special chef and a waitress to the man of God. And the man, God spoke to the man of God to go to the widow of, of, of Zarephath. And let's read from verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. God says, I've commanded. But the woman never knew that she was acting on God's command. Sometimes you don't know God has placed you to feed those homeless folks. You don't know, but you resist it. And you don't know your resistance is why your blessing is being deprived. Sometimes you have to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When I mean men of God, I'm not just talking about preachers. You know, a man of God can be your destiny helper. You don't know. You're somebody from God with God. Hallelujah. He can be your destiny helper. God sent forth to you, but you don't know. Because you're so talkative. You don't want to understand, read the body language. Oh, this man needs cold water. This man needs warm water. This man needs food. You just want to entertain him with loads of gist. A lot of you will bring uh, um, 12 plates of gist, 24 crates of beverages just to entertain. No, 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 no. Be very sensitive because this woman was positioned to feed Elijah, but she had nothing. Let's go back to verse 10. <coughs> verse 10 says, So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came, to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was there, gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. I love his politeness. He did not even though God said, I've commanded. He wasn't there to command. He says, politely, please. I love that power of please. Just we have to emulate, even though you are a man of God, you don't just go to the post and say, hey, what do you have in the kitchen? No, 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 no. Say, please, even though God has told you, go and bless this person after eating. Be polite. Elijah was so polite. Verse 12 said, so she said, as the Lord, your God lives. Now, let me pause here. What she was saying, she was actually swearing. She, was, she took a note because she had nothing. She said, because... 
She knew Elijah to be a man of God, and she didn't want Elijah to think she was lying. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour, of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. And we may eat it and die. You know, oh God forbid this. Possession is by confession. This woman never knew. Sometimes God will place us in a position to do things, but we are looking at the we look at the bigness of our problem and not looking at the bigness of our God. Sometimes look at the don't limit your limitless God. Stop looking at the bigness of your of your of your hardship. You know, look at the bigness of your God. Because this woman was looking at the bigness of hunger, the, the, the mighty wave of, of, of recession going around the town, and she felt, this is all we had. We are about to eat and die. Elijah said in verse 13, Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. <laughs> Say, the woman just complains. Says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some <clears throat> for yourself and your son. For two says the Lord of God of Israel. Two says the Lord God of Israel. The bean of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Hallelujah. A man of God has spoken. You can see it comes with confirmation. He says, Thor says the Lord. Today, when some pastor says, Thor says the Lord, that's T-H-U-X. It's Thor says the Lord. Whenever you hear this, Thor says the Lord, you'll be so quiet. But today, instead of Thor says the Lord, it's tongue says the Lord, T-O-N-G-U-E. A lot of pastors are speaking out of their tongue, not out of what God has inspired them to say. So it's very important because we have exposed a lot of people to false prophetic utterances. Imagine if Elijah was speaking because he was so famished, he wanted to trick the woman to make food. I said, Thor says the Lord. And the woman, after eating the food, the woman went and died. He deserved to be sued. So don't go and Tell people God sent me when God did not send you. If you're hungry, it's honorable to for a woman to feed you. But if they have nothing, don't use, don't invoke God. Amen. Do not. That's why I said, when a man of God, I didn't say when your pastor or your preacher or me comes, if you believe your guest is a man of God, you must do the needful. Now he released the prophetic utterance. You can see heaven, there, there's no excuse for heaven not to honor him. He has spoken it. In verse 15, So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bean of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. You can see the distinction. I'm going to stop here. When you read further, you will understand what happened. But I'm going to stop here. He says, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke 
by Elijah. The moment Elijah said, Thus says the Lord, it means he has God, he put God in a place that God cannot deny himself. God cannot deny himself. And the woman obeyed. The woman did not argue, even though what she had was not even enough for her and the son. But she still went ahead and made the food. Eventually, the son died. That's why I said, possession is be careful what you say. The son died, but the son came back to life. Elijah brought the son back to life when you read downwards. But because she was so kind to the man of God, because she was so generous to the man of God, she overlooked her problems. She overlooked her limitation just to honor God by honoring a man of God. It's very important. I remember sometime I went to preach somewhere and after preaching, ministering the gospel, the pastor decided to take me out some, to appreciate me and uh, with the whole family. When I was invited, I was like, wow, that's an honorable thing to do. I was so happy. But before then, the Lord ministered to me what to do after the um, hosting pledges to things to do to speak and to demonstrate i was like okay so i was looking forward to it i dressed my best and we went and uh, it was a chilly chilly moment it was i was very happy but a man being sensitive to the holy spirit a man being sensitive to the holy spirit and i saw how everything was going and in my spirit i was already irritated but i couldn't show it i was not in a position anymore to make that release. I came with a huge blessing to release a huge blessing. Huge! That someone, nobody can even comprehend at that moment. But I saw how everything was going. Distraction. My guest host spent the whole time on the telephone talking, 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 shouting. Everywhere. People came late for the dinner. We, we, nothing. And I offered to pay for the meal because I knew where it was going. And I said, I don't want anybody to waste money paying when I'm not going to release what I have to release. I offered to pay for the meal. And it, it, the offer was not re, uh, uh, kind of uh, refused. They, were, they embraced it. And I paid for the meal. And I went back with the anointing. I went back with the blessing. It wasn't a blessing I wanted to give. It was a divine auction to release this blessing, huge blessing. And since then, I held it back. I cannot mention who the person is, but I just want to tell you the importance. Most people will not place you where you belong until they discover whom you are, until they know that you are not just called to do, to preach, but you are a man of God, walking with God. Most people will not place you. And you don't have to advertise yourself. You just have to let God be God. But that was a moment that a blessing was missed. And when blessings are missed in that, in that way, a lot of cases follows. A lot of it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your level, your height. A lot of punishment follows. Because you cannot look down on a man of God. And some people look down on men of God due to insensitivity. They expect the man of God to dress polished, dressed, poshed, dressed differently. 
They look down on him. They want to do this or do that. But this woman, seeing Elijah, never looked down on Elijah. And he, she knew Elijah came with hunger. She knew Elijah was so thirsty. She knew Elijah was looking horrible because Elijah had been running from, from Ahab and the wife. So she knew Elijah was in distress. But she was not looking at the messenger. She was looking at the message from the man of God. So sometimes... When you receive a man of God, please, don't be an analyst. Men of God are not soccer players. They are not footballers. So you shouldn't be an analyst. They are servants of the Most High God. When you are privileged to host one, see it as an honor and make sure you appreciate the oil upon that man of God. Don't let your children abuse it. Don't let your children, because of the respect and because of the closeness, abuse such unction. Don't let you or let devil use you to bring shame to the body of Christ. When you receive a man of God, you deserve a reward from such servant of the Most High God. I just want you to know this. And for you to understand this importance, because of time, I'm going to stop at these two reference points I used. If I had permits, I would have gone deeper to use Jesus and other New Testament uh, servants of God. As, but I know you all are Bible-believing um, children of God. It's important for us to know the need to always appreciate a man of God when you see one. God bless you. Amen. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, one more time, please. One more time, please. Into my heart, oh, into my heart, Lord, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come into day, come.